Barely wet to start, barely wet to finish. Greetings and salutations, friends. Welcome to 2021 and welcome to Hacker Slash. Now, if you're joining us again, welcome back. The weather outside is frightful, but we've got antifreeze that's sure delightful. If you've no place to go and it's your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack. A total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're rating these movies with the perspectives we've each gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris, I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week I'm joined by the Superfly Space Guy, Mac. What's up, you beautiful ice sculptures? The gore lover, Alexis. Hey, everyone. The cowardly creeper, Ryan. Hiya. And the scream queen, Paris. The Lord forsook this house long ago. We've got brutal kills and puns galore in this week's direct-to-video low-budget comedy. But before we start that pun counter, we have quite a bit of follow-up. We have a lot of follow-up, and it's because we reviewed a movie called Silence of the Lambs, as we all recall. Um, Our listeners were very into this episode, I think partially because the movie is such a hit, but they really enjoyed a lot of the things that we had to say as well. Let's get this out of the way. We did a poll. It was a 100% slash. I don't think there's anybody that really hates this movie. Uh, Greg was the closest one to giving it a hack uh, for a few different reasons, specifically Dr. Lecter mispronouncing Chianti. Chianti? I don't even know how it's pronounced, but he still gave it a soft slash. Uh, We also have our friend Matt, who actually read the book after listening to the podcast and said he couldn't put it down. So if you are in the market for a new book to read, uh, check out the Silence of the Lambs series. We also have one of our friends on Twitter, Drea, who originally was super excited that we were going to review this movie. She ended up doing a full, like, live tweet of listening to the episode. Um, we retweeted it. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. She started off with, I'm only 20 minutes into the new Hacker Slash episode, and it's everything I ever wanted. I already love hearing everyone's perspectives, so to have you guys talking about what is easily one of my top movies is Heart Eyes Emoji. This will probably be a thread as I listen more. And then she tweeted probably a dozen or more times continuing throughout the episode. So check it out. We retweeted it. It was a lot of fun to see all of that interaction, Drea. So we really appreciate that. Thank you, Drea. Love you dearly. And really, the highlight of this week's follow-up comes from not only one, but two calls to the Hacker Slash hotline. Roll the tape. Hello, Hacker Slash. This is Rose calling from Ohio. First of all, I want to just say how great your program, your podcast is. I love hearing about your different views on the movies, and I especially like Alexis and her personality. (laughs) Either way, I want to go ahead and talk about The Silence of the Lamb. I love that movie. I'm not a very big killer slasher, bloody, gory kind of person. However, I do like that suspense, the relationship between Clarice and Dr. Hannibal. And I I didn't really care for the sequels, but this one really took you on a journey throughout the movie. You didn't know whether Clarice had a issue with Dr. Hannibal or she she seemed like she fully trusted him in one area. And then another time, she didn't show her character as a woman in a man's world. So I think Jodie Foster played a great part with that. But that's all I have to say. Keep up the good work and talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you got the shout out. (laughs) Yeah, um, someone likes me on this podcast. (laughs) Someone likes hearing my voice. (laughs) I'm sure there are many. Those are are some great points, though. 
Silence of the Lambs, I feel like, is just such a great movie that no one has anything bad to say about it, you know? Yeah, and I love what she said about the movie being really focused on Clarice being a woman in a male's world. Uh, that was a, sort of a theme throughout a lot of the feedback we got. Uh, Drea also mentioned that that was something they specifically did when they were filming. Uh, anytime it showed like one of the male characters, they were looking directly into camera, putting you into Clarice's perspective. And I think that really just resonated with everybody that watched it. And now we have another call from one of our friends on Twitter. Hi everyone, my name's Freya, and firstly I want to extend a huge thank you to all of you at the Hack or Sash team. You guys are keeping me sane and making me laugh during a global pandemic, and for that I'm so grateful to all of you. One theory I've had about the science of the lambs for a while now, and one I've seen floating around online, is that Clarice is actually a closeted lesbian, which makes the male attention she receives doubly uncomfortable and doubly unwanted for her. There are several examples of queer coding throughout the film. I don't know if that's the same in the book. Paris, do let us know if there's any queer coding or inference that Clarice could be gay in the book. But her relationship with Ardelia is one that I think could be more than friendship just by the way it's shown on camera. Their conversation about what people covet is what leads Clarice to discover that Buffalo Bill knew Frederica beforehand. And their faces are really close to the camera. It feels really intimate, I think, as does the whole film. But the discussion they're having about you coveting something you see every day feels like it could be a slight inference at a relationship between the two of them, which obviously also would want to be kept private from their colleagues because they're both already very heavily sexualized women. And if they were an out couple, they would be even more heavily sexualized. It's just something I've had, you know, thoughts about for a number of years. I'd love to know what you guys think. Um, thank you guys again so much. And hopefully I'll speak to you soon. Stay safe. Bye. First of all, love Freya. Secondly, I <laughs> uh, had not picked up on these undertones, right? Uh, but now I'm really excited to give it another watch, a third watch, and and try to, you know, pick up on the subtext there because that's a theory I'm a fan of. I was going to say, I have definitely had those vibes. I, I didn't notice all the things she had mentioned, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I always had those vibes, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. It could also be the Jodie Foster of it all. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Undeniable. She's a good one. The Jodie Foster effect. Yes. <laughs> Truly, though, I think Freya, one, has a voice designed for podcasts that was so soothing to my ears um but i think she's really onto something when i was reading the book uh the closest person to clarice is ardelia and the whole time i'm kind of like okay these two like best friends like ardelia is really clarice's rock throughout the whole story uh so i think that there could be some credibility to this theory i'm certainly a fan in the end of silence of the lambs clarice ends up dating the uh lazy-eyed entomologist which kind of feels like uh, maybe a beard perhaps because it felt so random and unwarranted uh, and I've actually started reading Hannibal now and turns out Clarice and Ardelia now live in a duplex and are basically roommates so oh, we all know what roommates means in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's definitely some some weight to this theory Freya oh excellent I, I need to see a spreadsheet of all the lesbian points uh, that, uh, that Clarice <laughs> is racking up here so if you guys enjoyed those messages, you can also give us a call at our hacker slash hotline. The number is 757-606-0128 or hackerslash.com slash contact if you're international. And that's our follow-up. Excellent. Well, back in 1998, let's all just tap into our childhoods here for a moment. 
We had our hearts warmed by Michael Keaton, not as Batman, but rather when he starred as a dead dad reincarnated into a snowman to see his family one last time. Truly the magic of Christmas. But tragically, some folks looking for that feel-good Christmas magic may have accidentally stumbled upon a 1997 snowman movie by the exact same name. Except this time it's not a dead dad transformed into old man winter. It's a maniacal serial killer seeking vengeance on the sheriff who locked him up. Now, this week, we're talking about the other Jack Frost. Who has seen this one before? Ooh, truly never. Never heard of it. Didn't know another Jack Frost existed, honestly. I feel like I've never seen this, but then I feel like I was one of those people that watched, you know, Michael Keaton and then, but accidentally watched this one. I don't know. It seems so familiar, but maybe because I was getting the two confused. Make no mistake, the Michael Keaton film is terrifying in premise and in execution, but I actually do remember seeing this movie on the shelf of my local blockbuster for like two to three years. I saw the cover art online and I was like, oh, I've seen this so many times. And even when I was like six years old, I was like, that movie looks bad. But does it look better (laughs) than Michael Keaton's eyebrows on a snowman? That remains to be seen. (laughs) I I think that's kind of terrifying. I have not seen this movie, had not heard of it on this. I didn't know it existed until it popped up in the list. And uh, then I went and watched the trailer for it before watching it, of course, so like back to back. But wow. I'm, I'm curious, Chris, I know this obviously came up in the list. Is this one of your winter favorites? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, that's not, to, that's not to say anything about how I feel about this movie particularly, but my winter favorite includes Black Christmas and Black Christmas only. Like, that's it. Now, I'm not a big winter <laughs> horror fan. Like, Krampus is good. Gremlins, great. But I'm not someone who will like rattle off a list of 30 excellent winter horror films. Uh, this is one that I saw several times. Growing up, don't know why. Re- watching it again as an adult, don't know why I was allowed to see this. It certainly does surprise me that I did not think about this movie when we watched Thanks Killing, because this is low budget, and I think this is the kind of movie Thanks Killing wishes it was. It's what it was trying to be. But for those of you who haven't seen it, what were you expecting? Well, I made the mistake of reading the description, and so I was expecting pretty much exactly what we got for the first, like, 10, 15 minutes. And uh, after that, I was pretty much expecting a terrible holiday horror movie, as we usually get. You know, things happened. Things occurred. There was there was a holiday horror movie, that's for sure. was a situation that was moving in a direction. And someone <laughs> filmed it. That's that's a thing. <laughs> someone had an idea of this. Yeah. And I did watch it. That's Those are the things that occurred. Well, you had no choice. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I have no idea what I was expecting. I think it was just a very simple, hey, a uh, punny movie uh, about a snowman killing people. And it was pretty right on the nose, you know. I had to make sure that I was going to watch the right one. So, you know, I did watch the trailer, of course, before hitting play in the movie. I got a good idea of what to expect, you know, cheesy effects, cheesy humor and ridiculous kills. For sure. I definitely expected all of that. I expected it to be low budget um, and really just a movie that didn't take itself too seriously. So I went into it pretty like pretty open, pretty chill and ready to have some laughs, but not really ready to be scared in any way. Oh, for sure. And I think that's something that I found myself feeling this time around because it's been so long since I last saw this movie. I was moderately entertained. I I wouldn't say I was like sitting on the edge of my seat or anything. And I certainly was not, uh, you know, really feeling the vibes that this Jack Frost gave me. 
but I found myself pleasantly entertained by the little quips of dialogue that I never picked up on when I was younger because it's really only there if you read the closed captioning. But how are you guys feeling? You know, I, I found myself laughing, honestly, more at the movie than I laughed with it. I kind of had to continually remind myself, like, don't ask why, don't ask how, just accept things. They don't have to make sense. Um, and that's kind of continually how I had to go through the film. I thought I'd be more entertained, like maybe on a Thanksgiving level. Like that, it was filled with puns. It was filled, I feel like, you know, it had some, but you really had to pay attention and I, I don't know. I found myself towards the end being like, I thought it was the end and then it wasn't. And then it just like carried on. So I think, you know, the time frame of this movie just caught me off guard because I was like, okay, it's an hour and a half. But where I think it ended, I think it was only at 45 minutes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah, this definitely drags towards the end. Uh, but overall, I felt like it was a pretty easy watch, especially compared to what I was expecting. I kind of thought this was going to be like, hard to get through and would be, you know, taxing on my joy. Um, but I, like Mac, I was pretty entertained as well. There were a lot of things I, I laughed at. Um, you do have to suspend your disbelief. Um, but also the whole time I was really thinking of two things. One, Michael Keaton in the same movie. And also, I don't know if anyone's played this, but on Nintendo 64, there was a game called Clay Fighter. And there was like, one of the fighters was a snowman. And he was like a, an evil snowman that would kill people. So... That is what I was thinking of. If anybody that's listening has played this game, help me feel like I'm not crazy. Nope, just you. That's totally fair. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of other people that remember it. Yeah. So while I was watching this, I felt like I was back into the the misery of holiday horror films. I know I just said that, but there. I just remember last year, my first year on the podcast, watching this series of movies that are related to holidays and they just always have a certain feeling to them and uh this one definitely gives you that same feeling and you really have to go into it and decide if you're gonna have fun or if you're gonna be a miserable yatch and you have two choices make the right one is it like the horror movie equivalent of watching a christmas lifetime movie it kind of not that it's like the same as a lifetime movie but it's a similar thing where like when you decide to watch a lifetime movie you, you got to know what you're in for when you when you put on what is it Hallmark don't they have a channel when you put on the Hallmark the Hallmark channel you you got to be okay with what's going to happen and that you just saw the same actor in the previous movie you're opting in really. <laughs> yeah you have to opt in and this movie is the same you have to opt in that that's totally fair i think this is one where you know it'd be so easy to get like even a second into this movie and realize oh, okay no this is going to be this is going to be that kind of situation, but it's also one of those movies that's not trying to be anything that it isn't. It's not trying to be this really serious piece of artwork, right? Like, it's a low-budget movie. It's there for the laughs, and uh, I think it, it even achieves some things that it didn't set out to achieve originally when the movie was written. But I will say this, for as low-budget as it is, I am surprised how much the cinematography stands up. That's not to say it's a gorgeous movie, but for some reason, I'm thinking about, you know, the pun game back and forth between Jack Frost or the turkey from Thanksgiving, and I just, for some reason, expect really shitty cinematography where this stands on its own two legs pretty well. Like, this would be a movie that I wouldn't have been mad to pick up in Blockbuster. This does not feel like it was filmed by college friends. I'll say that. For sure. Well, I will say it seems like it was supposed to be filmed in the 80s. 
And that's what really surprised me because I was like, uh, this movie is supposed to be in 1997, but feels like the 80s. The only thing 90s about this movie is Shannon Elizabeth, <laughs> literally paying the same character she always does. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, it's so funny. I don't even know her name. You said Shannon Elizabeth, and I was like, I don't know who that is. Y'all know me. I don't know actors, but I know exactly who you're talking about because she only plays one character in 90s movies, 90s and 2000s. That's it. That's all she does. bad for her. We saw her in 13 Ghosts. <laughs> oh, and yeah. she played the same character. She did. <laughs> Slightly less horny. And in Scary Movie. I think a little bit a little bit smarter in 13 Ghosts. She's 100% always American Pie to me. Or not another teen movie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or name another movie. Or every movie that she plays <laughs> in. You know. This is different because it's the first time she did it. Yeah, I was surprised to find that out. I looked it up and I was like, Shannon Elizabeth was in this movie, of all things, and continued to have a somewhat of a career after this? <laughs> That's incredible. Great job, Shannon Elizabeth. Oh, I'm sure filmmakers watched her in this film and were like, we could do so many things with that, aka we could just do that in every movie. With over her. and over again. <laughs> exactly. So is there a bathroom scene with every movie she's in? Because I've only ever seen 13 Ghosts. I haven't seen American Pie or anything else she's been in. Which there's a bathroom scene in that one, <laughs> too. There's often a boob scene. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But Chris, what you were saying earlier with the cinematography, I actually, I noticed that as well. There were a couple little choices that were made where I was like, oh, this is actually pretty nice. Much nicer than I would have thought a movie of this caliber would bring exactly it's kind of like oh you for sure have someone talented there who might be at the beginning of their career like you, you might have stumbled onto some luck there yeah there were some nice shots yeah it's funny because i actually uh don't feel that way about the cinematography <laughs> at all yeah, same <laughs> i have some very specific things but it's it's not like the quality of the cinematography it's just the choices that were made and i think it probably resides on the low budget factor and whatever. Um, I think that was something that that I that I didn't enjoy. I also like oddly was surprised by how realistic this the people in this movie were, aside from the killer. But like the in the town, I was like, are these real people that they just walked around and talked to? Because it did seem in some places like like when they talked to one of the you know teenage boys and he's like, whatever. I'm like yeah, it's kind of corny writing, but also kind of legit. Mm. Is it very Midwestern? I wouldn't know. Except it's Colorado. I was definitely getting Midwest vibes throughout this movie. Um, specifically, there's a scene where there's a bunch of townspeople in a sheriff's office. And I thought, that's never happened ever. Uh, and then I was like, oh, probably in the Midwest. <laughs> that's so accurate. I was surprised by the setting when when watching this because 100% I thought it was a small town in the Midwest. Like it even looks like a small Midwestern town when they're in the center of this small town. Yeah, it was one where I was watching this with my girlfriend and she says, where the hell is this supposed to take place? Because it's snowy and one guy's wearing a cowboy hat, but it's clearly not the South. And I was like, oh, you know, somewhere like uh, where you're a rancher, but you get snow sometimes. We're trying to Google it, right? But of course, this movie is set in the very fictional town of Snowmanton. Oh my God. <laughs> That's another exhibit C of what you're getting into. But- just as I gave up on Googling, of course, we get a shot of a license plate and it says Colorado with half of the license plate blurred out. And I'm like, all right, it's great. Here we are. That feels here. right. Yes, it, it is the worst indeed. I mean, they didn't really try very hard, but uh, do they get credit for originality with the name of the town? Who knows? We'll see. But I will say that uh, while I got a couple laps, was not even remotely scared, not even in the way 
that I think this movie would hope to. Like, I don't think there's even imagery in here that I could see scaring a small child. Yeah, there's like the one scene where they randomly jump cut to a person screaming. And that's like maybe the scariest part of this movie. And literally only because you're listening to it and 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 might be alarmed by the loud noise. That's it. Yeah, um, I, it definitely wasn't scary. There was a scene that I felt was very kind of disturbing um to say the least and i'll talk about it in the gore section but yeah it was just like wtf when making a horror movie if you think do you want to build a snowman just let it go (laughs) let it go because it's not scary oh god (laughs) no it only took us uh 20 minutes to get there thanks mac you're welcome anything else we want to get out while we're here i've never seen the movie (laughs) i'd like to get that out uh yeah this for sure was not scary whatsoever um but there was a piece of gore that i thought was gross um, and shown a little too much. I bet if I was six years old, it may have traumatized me. I'm curious to see if that's the same thing Alexis is going to talk about. Uh, but yeah, this was more funny than scary. And I think that was the point. Mm. I think. I hope. Yeah, well, it is It is a comedy, right? It's classified as a comedy and not retroactively ca- classified as a comedy either. There are definitely those moments where there are little bits of dialogue that show the writers aren't taking themselves too seriously. There are little like confusing eyebrow movements from one character looking into the camera as we see the snowman becoming what the snowman is. <laughs> and that's, again, evidence of they know exactly what they're doing and they're kind of having fun with it. But I will say it doesn't feel particularly special to me. I don't think, okay, look, here's the thing, right? I haven't seen another killer snowman movie, but this does not reek, you know, as as anything that is of its own like caliber of horror, if that makes sense. That's interesting you say that because I think a, a serial killer being uh, vaporized by some liquid, I have no freaking idea how this happened, and then be transforms into a snowman. Like, I mean, I get it. We've had soul transference in other movies of serial killers. That's I. the thing. Chucky. Chucky. Yeah, child's play. That's, that's, that's really what it is. It's just like the soul transference, but in a different way. And it doesn't make it original. It's like child's play, but also the Terminator with the dude that turns into the, the liquid. It's child's play, but cold. But antifreeze involved. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was original. I clearly haven't seen a killer snowman movie. Um, so just throw that in there. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, Alexis, but it's just like, I don't know. Maybe th- maybe, maybe some part of originality is based on things that need to happen. And this <laughs> maybe didn't need to happen. Maybe, maybe we didn't need to see a snowman who's <laughs> killing people. You know what? If you did, you grow up somewhere where there's a lot of snow? No. And okay, maybe that's what ruins it. That for might me. be why. Because let me tell you snowmen are freaking they're freaky and then once it starts melting and it looks all weird they're gross i mean i'm on board with that i kind of panic at anything the shape of anything in the corner of my eye so i'm sure i would freak out but i wouldn't be like looking behind the snowman i just chopped the snowman in half you know when something creepy starts (laughs) happening honestly if ryan were in this movie her and the snowman would be going back and forth with puns they'd be (laughs) switching out jokes all day (laughs) i would love to see that battle that would be funny. I think when it comes to scary movies involving snowmen, Frosty the Snowman just did it better. 
Yeah. What's this now? Frosty the Snowman. Have you heard of this? Like the animated okay, yeah. horror movie? Nope. I don't know what it is. It's not a horror movie. Oh, no. It's, it's just a regular old classic no, it's a horror movie. cartoon. Okay. I have seen that. But here's the thing. If you look closely at Frosty and everything he does, it seems kind of like grooming and it's super weird. <laughs> oh, God. I'll have to revisit this. <laughs> Watch it with a horror movie soundtrack going. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm kind of with Alexis, though. This felt very original. Serial Killer Snowman. Haven't seen it before. Haven't seen it since. Um, and I feel like with that premise came a lot of original kills as well. Original kills, but I mean, I'll talk about it later. But I, they could everything could have been punnier in this movie. But I don't know. He like had a pun every few seconds. Like I, I don't know how much punnier could have gotten. Maybe I was just trying to figure out when this movie was going to end because the ending of this movie literally felt so long. I was like, I thought it was done. And I get it. It's those fake out ones where you think someone, something happens and I, I fell asleep after the ending and then woke back up and the movie was still going. And I was like, what's happening? What is this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This one's definitely guilty of an end and an end and an end and end. And I don't know that it was wildly successful. It did have that issue, but I thought it was successful. I I think as a whole, the ending was as ridiculous as the rest of the film. And so it kind of fit in. But I think when I think of ending in this, I think of the actual end. There are a couple like misfires on the way to get there. But I think once you're there, it actually works as an ending to a horror movie. I think I have several logistical questions about the way Hazmat was handled. <laughs> uh, because here's the thing. I think there should be at least two more people added to the body count of this movie based on that alone. But we'll definitely debate. I think that's just a matter of time. Yeah. We need like the actual body count and then we need the... There's a case study on the life expectancy of these survivors afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, give me more work. If you or someone you know. (laughs) Come on, Alexis, predict the best. (laughs) You got this. So it sounds like we've had some pretty mixed messages from here, right? You know, this movie's slightly original to some, entertaining to others. Even the ending may or may not be satisfying to you. But let's see how that all starts to translate as we get down to rating this movie. Now, Alexis, Snowman, Kills, Paris has said it. There's some unique deaths. How many people died in this movie? We had 11 people die in this movie. You know, pretty high for a killer snowman. That's almost (laughs) everyone that lived in that town. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I will uh, vouch. There's more than 11 people in a town in the Midwest. (laughs) But not this town. It's in Colorado. Some towns, maybe 20. (laughs) Snowminton, Colorado, that probably is at least half the town. Yeah, (laughs) it seemed like it. (laughs) But the real burning question here. Is what about our animal report, Ryan? Ooh, I'm very happy to say that our animal report is all good. It's in the clear. That's great because you never know. With these winter films, you get the winter dogs out there who kind of pose a threat and they're defending the house. Yeah, things get sketchy, but um, I mean, unless you consider Jack Frost an animal. <laughs> Otherwise, everything's good. <laughs> debatable, truly. But let's go ahead and start getting into those ratings. Jack Frost from 1997, Old Man Winter. Is it a hacker or a slash? I was struggling with this movie. <laughs> Just kidding. I wasn't. I'm giving this a hack. It, it wasn't hard. I really wish maybe it was the mood I was in, but I think I was in a pretty good mood watching this. Honestly, I wish there was a little bit more dirty humor in this and a little bit more <laughs> like more just like punny stuff. I don't think it was loaded as I wanted it to be for the type of movie it was. Like, don't even try to be serious. And I think this movie tried to be a little bit more serious than it was. 
I'd like to remind you that there's a pun in here after a intercourse uh, where someone says Christmas came early, huh? Ugh, that was. <laughs> you don't like that? Didn't do it for you? Oh, I oh, mean, that's like the only one. That scene was a little just odd. Let's odd. say that. So for I think sure. I was. I'm just saying the dirty puns are there. They are, but they're I- devil's advocate. Snowman's advocate. I get what you're saying. I just wanted it to be a little bit more loaded. I wanted it to be laughing more than I did, and I didn't really laugh that much. So it's Man, a hack. There was a good that's what she said joke in there, but I couldn't get it in in time. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love I can't it. Take it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I wish that they had made it more funny, like a spoof. You know, I th- I think this has some serious like spoof material inside there and they could have really played on that towards the comedy side. I spent an hour and a half laughing at this movie, as I mentioned, not with it. This was a total joke. It's thus a total hack. Please refund me 1.5 hours of my life. No, it's in your contract. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think I honestly, literally, the, you know, the term joke, I think it's a joke of a movie and I think it could have been like twisted a little bit just like go from five to six in the humor direction and I would have been okay with it. Some of the, you know, some of the shots they could have used would have made it seem very, not quite slapstick, but more comical. And I would have been a little bit happier with that, but it is those moments where they kind of play it off a little bit too serious. You know, it's hard, it's hard to, to get in with it, but I'm watching this in the house. So my fiance, my roommate, they were like walking by while I'm watching this and they're just like, I don't know what, why does, how does that work? If he can do this, but why not? What? And I'm just like, no guys, you can't, don't try to understand it. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have to make sense. So it does have some redeeming moments that are kind of funny, but overall it's just a joke of a movie. Yep. I pretty much have to agree with you guys. Um, For me, this is funny, but like Jack Frost is really the only person making puns here, right? We have like pretty, pretty likable normal characters otherwise. And I think for how hard they went with Jack Frost, they needed to go that hard with some other people as well. And it it just wasn't there. It just felt like they just threw Jack Frost in from another spoof movie. Um, For me, I think like some of the, it it felt like a senior in film school shot this. Um, And this was his, or or wrote this, made this all together. I don't know why you're making that face at me, Chris. (laughs) I think this is like a really talented senior in film school. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of money. Sure, sure, sure. I'm totally cool with that. I'm absolutely on board with that. But it's like, he's, he's not quite, at his greatness yet you know like this is like an idea that like maybe he was really high when he came up with it obviously i'm just speaking about things i don't know at this point but it's just like a lot of the scenes like especially when we get to fbi agents that are involved it's just very like i'm gonna get these guys from my class to sit in this room and say some things i don't know um for me the standout like star of the show was Marla, the woman from the station. She's killer. And she's like the only thing that I enjoyed. And I did not spend an hour and a half laughing at this movie or with it. And the logistics and like, um, how things work in this movie are a little too sketchy for me. You guys know, sometimes I have, a, I get real hung up on like, how is that possible? How does that work? And exactly what Max said, you can't do that with this movie. Um, that's a long winded hack. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Happy to <laughs> I love here. it. I will keep mine brief. It's a hack. Uh, this movie was both dumb and bad, whether that was intentional or otherwise. 
doesn't change that. I'm not mad that I watched it though. It was pretty entertaining. There were a couple moments that I laughed out loud, um, but really the ending got so boring and I stopped being entertained. And I was like, now this is just bad, but not in the fun way. Uh, so if you're like so bored and you want to watch a really stupid movie about a serial killer snowman, put this on. Yeah, maybe drunk, maybe under some type of other influence. Uh, give this a watch, but ultimately it's a hack and you don't have to watch this. You know, in the 2000s, we got two titans of horror facing off in a horror movie, right? And that's Freddy versus Jason. I think that this movie is is ripe with potential to perhaps have a face-off with Jack Frost and the turkey from Thanksgiving. It'd be horrible. It'd be terrible. But I wouldn't be mad at watching it for the experience of the puns going back and forth. This movie is uh, it, it's a comedy and I, I did find some moments of it to have actually intelligent humor, but it didn't make me laugh out loud. And I'm not someone who really vibes with the comedy, right? Like there are some like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I laughed out loud, right? It has to really shake me to my core and like really give me a good hearty laugh from the depths of my soul for me to actually enjoy a comedy. And this one just, uh, it didn't. It didn't. And while I can excuse so many things, there are scenes in here that did not need to be in here. Uh, there are accidental scenes that also did not need to be in here. And I would have preferred to just see cut out of the movie instead of just embraced for what they were. So th- this movie is undoubtedly a hack. And Paris, you know, I think it's a fair assessment if you're looking for something to not really pay attention to. You want to see a serial killer snowman, put it on. But for some reason, I can't even bring myself to that. Like, it wasn't funny enough. You know what I mean? Like, the kills are there. I think if you're a Lexus and you want something to not actually watch and you just want to see some fucking death, okay. But I think if you want to laugh, I don't know that it's funny enough to get you there. Are we starting off 2021 with a universal hack? We sure are. There you have it, folks. Five hacks wow. for Jack Frost, more like Hack Frost from 1997. <laughs> you can check this out if you want. You can find it streaming online. It doesn't sound like we encourage it, but you know what? Fuck it. Give it a watch. Join us in the second half so we can have some shit to talk about this movie together. We'll see you in a bit. Happy holidays, you horn dog. Planning on heating things up tonight? Keep your icicle from melting with snowballs. Nobody likes a cold pool shrink, so make sure you're warmed up for tonight's sexy ice skating rink. Warm up a nickel-sized splurt of snowballs into a nice lather, then apply to the most important ornaments on your tree to keep your Rudolph's nose shining hot and bright all night. No more chilly chodes this year thanks to snowballs. It's like antifreeze for your favorite friend. Welcome back, folks. You are now entering the spoiler zone for our very first universal hack of 2021, Jack Frost from 1997. Now, we have a lot to talk about here. Uh, There are certainly some questionable scenes, some little glimmers of maybe redemptive humor sometimes at some parts. But first comes first, we've got to get to the gore. Alexis, what's the gore score for this movie? 
I mean, this movie is packed with kills. We have 11 deaths, and the first one starts off five minutes in the movie. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, I don't think necessarily for me it was essentially really gory. I mean, this, some of the kills were pretty cool, and but they weren't as graphic, I think, because of na- the nature of the movie. Um, you know, these disintegrated bodies that they I think that's like the coolest part, but I don't necessarily would consider it gory. But there is one (laughs) scene I would like to mention, which I think was we mentioned before. I don't know if Paris, this was also disturbing for you as it was for me. But we have this bathroom scene that originally wasn't really intended to be in the movie at all. Meant to be just Jack Frost smashing Jill's head into the uh, wall until she died, which... Seemed like it was going in that way, but when the movie got into editing, um, the editor told the director, you know what? This looks like what it's supposed to be with this floating carrot. Due to that, they're like, you know what? Let's just keep this whole scene in, and they went with it, and there's obviously Jack Frost at the end making some bad puns. So I don't know. That was a scene that was super graphic for me. Or not graphic necessarily, but I just felt like didn't need to be in. Unnecessary. Like the turkey scene in Thanksgiving. Exactly. They're perverts, a lot of them. Yes. And But here's the thing, right? So this movie, they don't intend for it to be in that direction. He's supposed to just be slamming her head, whatever. His hands are by her waist. There's definitely some motion in the lower extremities of the snowman. You can't even have extremities on a snowman, and he managed to have them. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It was not a decision they needed to embrace. I don't think it's. I don't think that's the case at all. I think they could have easily cut it off as like him engulfing her in the bathtub, and then just leave it at that. She's frozen dead. Agree. Which is kind of how like some. I mean, I was waiting for it to be something like that, especially with the mechanics of him having this like water. So anytime I'm seeing water, I'm like, oh my gosh! Like all he has to do is infiltrate, and they're dead. Oh yeah. And that's what I was waiting for too. I wish they would have left it at that too. Are humans mostly water? A a tiny annoying thing in that scene is that she is in. You know, her arms are like inside of him. That sounds weird. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like he's he has control of her arms. And then there's like this random cut scene where it looks like she's waving out the window to the neighbor and the neighbor walks by. But no one has hands. No one's yeah. there that can have hands to wave in front of the window. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? Why? You know what's the most infuriating part of all that? It's, it, it, you didn't even need to get there. Why was your girl blow drying her hair just to get wet again? <laughs> and also, she blew dry it for like 30 minutes and it was never dry. It never changed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say that. I know hair, my takes that long to dry. And her hair wasn't wet to begin with, though. It was like, it wh- was barely wet to start, barely wet to finish. Potentially slightly damp from the snow outside. Yeah. <laughs> also, like blow drying your hair in somebody else's house. I mean, they did a lot of things in someone else's house that are awkward but like, like being there when they're yeah like being there. there at all but just to like go upstairs turn on some music and start blow drying your hair like I, I don't know women know how much your hair sheds like you just walk into a pile of someone else's hair it's <laughs> disgusting <laughs> i was hoping that instead of that scene the ice cubes would have been made of jack frost and then he would have like exploded out of her body or something yeah that I, that's actually what i thought was going to happen when they magically turned that snow into perfect ice cubes yeah yeah, yeah i was, was crossing <laughs> my fingers cuz that would have been super cool and gory now that's the magic of christmas see <laughs> i did um love jake jake's death 
It was uh, pretty good, cool, um, you know, axe through the mouth. I think I liked it more because he literally just said I was trying to ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't enough puns. <laughs> he, for real, deep throated that axe. In ways that made no sense. <laughs> you can't get deeper than that. Yeah, and they were like, oh, but there's no, there's no signs of a person going back and forth to push it in. Like... Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the handle of an axe down someone's throat. That's that's the issue. What I want to know is if they were to flip over his body, did the handle of the axe go all the way down, penetrate the other side, and into the ground? I'm sorry. How long do you think the axe is? <laughs> uh, it, it's a lot longer than his head. Oh, that's I was true. thinking it went into his torso. In my mind, it just like bent down his throat. Bent. Bending down is it, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's an easy thing to assume, but it's kind of weird when you really think about it. Oh, it's weird. Don't worry. You don't have to think that hard. It's kind of how everything in this movie is, right? I gotta say, Billy's death, the kid who was beheaded by the sled, his was my favorite. You mean besledded? Yes, besledded, yes. <laughs> it was my favorite, not even just because he was a little twerp who got what was coming to him and you have this comically bad head just flying off. It was the humor afterwards that really did it for me because someone says, oh, he just had a birthday. Someone says, what'd he get? And I guess they tell them in all the commotion and someone's like, oh, he won't be needing that, will yeah. he? Like, that, that fucking cracked me up. That was a moment where I was like, okay, maybe we'll give it a chance. Yeah. We'll give it a chance. It was funny. To be clear, cracked me up on the inside, not the outside. Yes, always. My favorite was the death of Tommy that, uh, those those like ninja stars but icicles that's what really did it for me you know that's what did it for her and they were and well i mean to be fair they like went through a wall and then they were just like making juicy noises through the wall there's a lot of weird noises happening in this movie why did he nod his head though when he was dead yeah like like he was like in agreement like i don't know everything is weird it seemed like his brain was pulsating through the door? Yes. Like when the icicle... I don't know why the icicle left. The other one didn't leave. Yeah, I know. It was weird. The throbbing brain. Oh, <laughs> can we also mention how unsexy it is when people in winter clothing in Colorado take off all their outerwear? That was because very funny. <laughs> there are so many layers and it's just like, oh, we could be here for a while. It is very true. I didn't live in Colorado, but being from Cleveland, that it's essential oh, layering. I know. Sure. I remember like... When I was a kid going out in the snow and then you come in and have to like de-layer and like let everything dry because you always mm-hmm. get some level of wet wet socks and stuff. But like in a sexual context, ugh. that sounds complicated and I'm not looking forward to living in winter. Mm, it's going to happen. So I'm honestly very surprised that nobody took my favorite kill because I thought it was going to be like a universal. We all loved it. Oh, we're saving it for you. But for me, it was Sally's kill, the mom whose uh, son got besledded. Just like seeing the snowman's like giant mitten-shaped hand just slamming her face into the ornaments repeatedly. Um, It also like starts off with like a weird zoom in and out and in and out on his face. And also just like, can we talk about the rockabilly music that plays during all of these kills? The most bizarre thing, really. Yeah. So she gets like her face smashed into a bunch of ornaments like a dozen times. She gets her mouth stuffed with an ornament. She gets like strangled by Christmas lights and then like tied to a tree and then later you see them just taking the whole tree out because they couldn't get her body off of the tree so they just took the whole tree with them yeah I reckon you don't want to leave her up for the 12 days of Christmas yeah the whole thing really just got me good and made me laugh the most also she like walks into the room 
and then sits down in her rocking chair. And then there's a shot of Jack Frost behind her. I'm like, oh, man, I always don't notice when there's a snowman in my house. And we don't either <laughs> because he wasn't in the shot before. Yeah. Nope. And then he wasn't in the shot after. Honestly, Jack Frost is anywhere and everywhere in this movie. Jack Frost has Alex Mack powers in that he can be a puddle and slip into anywhere. Honestly, Alex Mack was one of my earliest crushes on TV. She was gorgeous. I don't know who that is. Wow, I feel old. (laughs) Yeah, same. I always thought it was cool because her last name was my first name. Oh, look at that. Was she from? No, Alex Mack is the name of a character in the show called Alex Mack. Oh, yep. Missed that one. The secret world of Alex Mack classic me yeah she had a similar power of like turning to liquid and stuff it was pretty cool but looking back not sure why i had a crush on her because she wore a backwards hat oh it's because she wore a snapback that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> chris you definitely took my favorite death um to add to it though i thought it was so strange how no one in his family or the community seemed bothered really at all like in any kind of normal way they didn't process his death like at any other human being would they just kind of moved on like yeah he died today all right anyway so let's go celebrate christmas like no big deal that was weird except for the dad the dad was real mad that the mom wanted to put christmas lights up right (laughs) right also weird that no one thought like having a snowman around was as weird as it should be I mean, this isn't BoJack Horseman. There isn't like multiple universes in one, like in one sitting. So I was just like, like, why isn't anyone freaking out more that this is a snowman? You know. If I had to pick a second, though, uh, I think I would go with Old Man Harper. And we don't even see it on screen, but that dude's neck was like completely just backwards. And that was so unexpected for this film to like, that was a good, that was a good prop. And, mm-hmm. I, and I definitely was not expecting to see that. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, for sure. I will say, though, that uh, despite the cool, funny deaths that we get, I will say that Sally's was stunning to look at. But I think one of my favorite scenes is actually this very brief moment. And it's a moment that showed how much potential this movie had for good cinematography. And I normally don't like this, but it's the cheesy moment where the sheriff is in his car and then it flashes back to when he caught Jack Frost. There was something about that transition, the way it was executed. That transition was of a higher quality than many other elements of this movie. Oh, see, I didn't like that very much because they just had Jack Frost screaming. And I was just like, okay. Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't like the rest (laughs) of all. It was a brief moment of the transition. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. For me, my absolute favorite scene in this movie. And it's a little tiny nugget. And I hope you all caught it. So it's when we have... Tyler and Manners and they're talking and Sheriff Tyler asks for coffee and Marla brings it over, pours him some coffee. And then Manners just has his cup out, like just waiting for her to fill it. And she just cheers his cup with the pot of coffee. (laughs) And it was the greatest thing because I was like, I know she's not gonna, she's not gonna pour this man some coffee. And she's just like, there you go. And just keeps on moving like in conversation. Oh, it was the best thing. I'm so mad that I didn't pick up on that. I also didn't. Oh gosh, I can't believe you missed it. You really missed a nugget. She was pure gold this entire film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, A level of petty that most aspire to. (laughs) Agree. I mean, no one's favorite scene was like the animation of the DNA in the Fuck snow. No. That was, <laughs> was the worst part. That was like a cheesy ass knockoff Frosty the Snowman cartoon. <laughs> Let Alexis live. I was joking. <laughs> I was just joking. Um, I actually didn't have a favorite scene in this movie, believe it or not. 
that's that's wow that scene you mentioned they should have gone even harder into it yeah. had actual like full animation uh like they did in jurassic park you know it should have been like ha i'm mr dna <laughs> i did love that looks like it's a snow particle we're gonna bond together that movie's so epic i watched it the other day because it's on netflix <laughs> i want to give a runner-up of a scene and it's not my favorite scene but it certainly is one of the of the ones that i find the most absurd it's the antifreeze baptism of Ryan. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> Isn't it bizarre? <laughs> okay, first off, here are my logistical questions, all right? You have Sam Tyler. He is penetrated by an icicle. He has an open wound, right? Yes. He tackles the snowman into the bed of the truck filled with antifreeze. <laughs> his mouth is open. His ears are there. You know, his eyes are open. <laughs> his mouth is there. It, it, everything's just agape. <laughs> he has this open wound. The antifreeze has got to fuck him up, right? Like, there's no way he's walking away from that unfazed by this chemical that should be burning him. And then, and, and truly, look, I'm there for the absurdity of the fucking magical genetic snowman. I, he- I hear you. But to baptize your son, non-religiously, of course, into antifreeze and just let him wallow around in it for a while, it's fucking weird. <laughs> it's a weird choice. And, uh, you know, I'm surprised that the kid didn't die inadvertently. Yeah, and just, like, having the pastor, reverend, whatever you want to call him, just casually there, coming over to, to hug him afterwards. It was it was a lot. That whole scene was, like, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this Tremors? Like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> this whole movie's nuts. <laughs> yeah. We were watching that and thinking, like, wait, he's, like, breathing that in and, like, drinking it. It's, like, water to them. They're not going to feel good whatsoever after this. Now, I, I know that it it's not bad. Like, if, you know, if it touches your skin, even if you get it, like, in an open cut or something, you'll be fine. But if you drink it, it doesn't take that much to poison you. So that's that can't be a good time whatsoever for them. Um, I, I'm sorry. I think we're really overlooking the fact that the child put antifreeze in the food for his parents. <laughs> yeah. What a convenient plot device. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. I didn't want you to be cold. He's like, oh, no, you did great. I'm like, think your son tried to kill you i'm not gonna lie here now your son thinks it's okay to take random chemicals from your home and put it in your oats dad (laughs) he made a special a compliment i do have to give this film i have never heard a father call his son honey have you my boyfriend pointed that out too he was like is that a thing dads do and i was like i wouldn't know yeah i've only heard it to daughters or old time old soul kind of guys to their honeys hence being called honey never heard it to a son and hey i'm you know not here for the toxic masculinity like good good on you i do think honey is just a weird endearment though Mm, yeah it's a little it's a little strange but it didn't stand out to me i didn't i didn't even notice i think it's something that can can work for any kid you know i mean as long as you're their parent oh you're so about the equal opportunity i love it (laughs) all the time let's see if when you become like a a dad dad and like dad with a capital d let's see if you call your kid honey i will call them child and they will call me father that's so weird (laughs) isn't there only one father though our father good point chris good point yes checkmate good catholic sir speaking of catholic sirs um, I don't really have a favorite visual element in this movie because I think the visuals of the kills threw me off so much that in my head, this movie is, uh, I, I just, I feel like I know that technically they didn't shoot this movie poorly, but like the choices of like the zooming in and out on Jack Frost during a kill or like when the car accident happened and they just spun the camera or, you know, 
made it look like the scene was spinning. Like things like that drove me so insane that it kind of turned me off from this movie. For a second there, I really thought you were going to say your favorite visual element was the priest. Who looked exactly like Stan Lee. (laughs) That would make sense, but I wasn't using a transition realistically. I don't have a favorite visual element either, but I do have one that stood out as pretty absurd. It was the clippings. It was the letters uh, that Jack Frost sent saying, "I'll, I'll find a way. In the style of a ransom note, but signed, he signs his name. And also, <laughs> I guess magazines, scissors, and glue is more accessible than a pen or a pencil in prison. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's funny. It's silly. Like, I'm not like docking points off the movie for that, but it's absurd. And it definitely was something I kept thinking about. He was using a special folding technique. You know, he like folds it and then uses his nail to crease it. And then he can like cut it. But he has to do it carefully around each and letter. And he's sticking it with earwax. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't actually have scissors and glue. Ew. So this is the MacGyver of prison? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. He just, I mean, you know, you use the oil off of your nose. That's ew. Maybe that's what he was doing. I'm honestly very surprised that you guys are struggling for visual elements because it's pretty much the only thing I got out of this movie. I have four and I don't really have like a, a lot of anything else except these. Um, one, the opening credits I thought was fun. Having like those little handwritten names on each different ornament as oh, it kind of pans around the tree. That seemed like it took a lot of, of effort. What? So fun fact, that was what I would consider the best part of the movie. The, yeah. the <laughs> intro? So much better than yeah. everything else that followed. I would consider that the See, I hated the voice, though. That voice was so horrible. So if you watch it on mute, it's nice. (laughs) Oh, okay. But the story was the worst thing ever. Yeah, it was pretty cheesy. Yeah. Yeah, the content was garbage, but we're talking visuals. (laughs) Okay, okay. Just sorry, sorry, sorry. Just making sure. Yeah, no, just the the way it looked. I liked the audio and the video. Telling a a killer story to a kid. Yeah, but like we knew it it was part of the shtick, you know, of the movie. Um, I think it, you know, it it did like it had that like feeling a couple times through the movie where there's like that little bit of comedy. You know, I, I actually my favorite scene uh, was like that little bit of comedy that I think they could have played it more, and that's where Shannon Elizabeth was like trying to like set the mood for sexy time, and then she like takes a break to go take a bath and indulge in some self care. Um, I think it was like kind of drawn out. It seemed like it took forever. I think it should have been drawn out way more. She should have been like doing her nails, maybe her eyebrows, maybe wearing like a face mask, such um, as Shannon Elizabeth's thing to do, right? And, <laughs> and it should have seemed like it took like three hours, you know, while he's down there, like trying to figure out like how to pour some wine into a glass and get some ice or whatever he was doing. But I, I don't know. I I appreciated that. Um, but I I kind of like a couple things visually. And it's specifically, I guess, some dead bodies. But um, the death of Jack Frost, both human and snowman, the gruesome bodies that they had for him in both cases, I think were actually like a pretty good parts of the gore of the film. Um, and then, of course, you know, Old Man Snapneck was also a pretty solid prop, a very 90s, very much appreciated. A lot of the other like kills and gore that they had, not as good to look at, but those kind of felt in their place in 1997 mm. to me. I don't know. I, I like them. Old Man Snapneck. Talk about your brittle bones. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Alexis must have just walked past him. Oh, you're funny. 
I'm surprised Paris didn't mention my favorite visual, which was definitely um, Jack Frost's eyebrows. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! The, the angriest. They, they were like so angry. He just stood there, and I was like, "It's just so funny looking at the eyebrows." I was like, "Whoever thought of these is like a genius." Never trust a snowman with naturally angry eyebrows. If ever <laughs> there was a snowman in anywhere that any of my vicinity that had angry brows, I'd be like, mm, "No, no, 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 no! <laughs> Something's wrong here." 2021 year of the eyebrows they definitely had a lot of personality um alexis yeah that actually didn't make my list believe it or not uh but one thing i think we're kind of overlooking and maybe chris this is something that you noticed as well um but i loved all of the shots where we were basically getting the pov of a puddle on the ground so you're kind of looking directly up at the characters through like rippling water they did that a couple times and I that's a shot I haven't really seen before and I was like that's very creative use of like really simple tools to achieve something uh interesting. Another one of those moments that is really cool to look at. Better to have the m- movie on mute though. Yeah. So true. <laughs> because the dialogue that happens during those conversations are some of the worst. Like it was one where Stone and Manners are looking at the puddle and then Sam Tyler comes by. And he's like, oh, what's going on here? And it's just the back and forth between them and Stone's explaining something because he's a scientist and Manners like, English, Stone, English. It's like, you fucking know what you got into, man. You have to be of a certain caliber to like be working on this situation. Put two and two together. It's not that complicated. They should have gone further with that. That would have been funnier if he had said something completely simple and mundane and he responded, you know, English, you know, if, if he, he said something like he's ice and we need to use heat and he was just like English, man, I'm not a scientist. I think I would have appreciated that more. Speaking of ice and heat, there was also a lot of like, you know, snowman materializing out of water in this movie and they never really showed it. Except in one shot where they showed these two little piles of snow melting, but they played it in reverse. So it looked like the water became snow. And I was like, oh, that was very clever. I felt like that was something I wanted to see more of. I'll give you that one, Paris. You're not wrong there. That one was interesting. I think like not seeing Jack Frost do anything for so much of the movie, like like at the end he starts to get more like talkative and stuff like that. But most of it is all just like the camera's looking at something else while you hear him moving and stuff. And it just drive me nuts. Drove me insane, you know? I wish they'd had the budget for claymation. Some yeah. kind of, you know, stop motion. Yeah. Or the time. But, you know, he was graduating yeah. film school, so. <laughs> One of the things that I think is hilarious is the director of this film later went on to go do another psychological slasher film. Is it called Monsterd? It's not. It's not. Now, he did say that this movie was essentially made for the same amount of money that that was the other movie's catering budget. Wow. Yeah, Ooh. that's how low budget it is. That that hurts. That's like when you, you know, if somebody were to find out that they went on a date and that entire date cost as much as like... I don't know, someone else's like 10 date streak. You know, it's yeah. like we went to a place and we got the best food and the best wine. And then you find out that like you went on like 10 dates with that person to Taco Bell. Ooh, yeah. I will say though that keeping in mind the movie's budgetary constraints, the opening credits was, I think, you know, one of the best parts of this movie, both in terms of its totally absurd approach to telling a kid a bedtime story and its creative use of. Yeah, a Christmas tree and ornaments to to set the names. But I think another element to this, it's simultaneously the best and worst part of the movie, is its dialogue. 
there are so many little nuggets, right? Like there's a point where the sheriff is at the end before he tackles Jack Frost into the window and before he gets stabbed with the icicle, he's knocking on doors and you see, you can read in the captions that someone's like, oh shit, it's my husband. Hurry, get in the closet, get in the closet. It's like little moments like that where it's like people in the periphery, not even on screen saying hilarious shit that shows it has potential. But then there's some other moments that they chose to give main characters on screen. It's just weak dialogue. So Yeah, I agree with you. I've, I've kind of already said that um, my favorite part was Marla. I do like those little tidbits that we got. I do think those were the funnier parts. Um, something like small and dumb that tickled me once we got all the way towards the end was like, Paul giving everybody a 20% discount for any reason and like literally handing people stuff and like, remember this is 20% off. And at first I was just like, eh, but then as I just kept going, it was one of those little, little charms, you know, little Midwest Colorado charms. I think even though I wanted more of it, I still appreciated the humor in it. I just wish there was more. I don't know. My favorite line though is you have a character that's like, what are you? And he's like, the world's most pissed off snow cone. <laughs> oh, that's like a British take on it. <laughs> it was like some weird voice. His voice uh, was ridiculous. Yeah. Although, like, yeah, like I mentioned, to me, my not, f- I appreciated the humor. I just wish there was more in it. But I did like that line. And, you know, I thought it was funny. I don't know what's more funnier than seeing like a snowman. Like, you have Pullman coming up and there's a freaking snowman holding a stop sign. Like, and the, it's the eyebrows, I'm pretty sure. But I was like, I just find this very humorous. Like, just him being just standing in the middle of the road and no one thinking that this, this is kind of odd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you want some great snowman one liners, you can watch another movie that came out in 1997 called Batman and Robin. And basically, Mr. Ugh. Freeze just does nothing but punny one-liners the entire time that's entirely accurate mac that's my favorite batman movie my, my favorite part of this is a weird one but it's it's the most tried and true part of this film and it's just like the story a scorned serial killer comes back to exact vengeance on the law enforcement officer who apprehended him it's such a 90s thing to do it's tried and true it works it makes like 20 films a year and you know i feel like it works even for this silly comedy horror but it doesn't he doesn't even get to killing him. He kills off this one family for no freaking reason. But that's how it... They never get to kill him. Joke's on him. The man ingested antifreeze. It's a matter of days. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Do you ever wonder why they moved criminals in the 90s so much? Because every yeah. 90s movie is like, oh, we're going to move this guy from here to here. He's super dangerous. And it's like, eh, maybe you should just keep him somewhere. Right. Seems like you guys shouldn't move people. You know what I didn't understand was how um, Jack Frost is killing the Metzner family one by one. Like, that's the whole, to me, that was most of the plot of the story. But yet, if you're exacting vengeance on someone, wouldn't you go after the person that put you in jail who you said, I'm going to come back and get you? For sure. He tried, but the Metzner family is obnoxious and keeps being places they don't need to be. True, but guess what? You can write the story where you actually don't kill that family and you kill the ones that you're trying to, <laughs> like, who you said you would kill before you died. But then we'd have, what, three deaths? Yeah. We need 11, Alexis. We need 11. We need to pad the body count because if he gets the Sam, the movie's over. Also, Jack Frost clearly loves Ryan, the son. He's he's a big fan of him, you know? He defended him, killed his bully for him. 
He's he's gotten in there, so now he's got to deal with like, do I kill the son? Do I kill the dad? You know, oh yeah, so there's, tortured. I know. There's so some deep. character development there for <laughs> yeah. Jack Frost. Jack Frost okay. has deep decisions to make, man. Yeah, really. He looks at Ryan and sees himself. <laughs> As we find out in the Michael uh, Keaton sequel, he loves his son. (laughs) Oh, so this is actually not his kid. Uh, It's uh, Jack Frost from number two's kid. Yeah, exactly. Really, the 1998 sequel is just a lucid antifreeze dream. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I got it. Ryan is actually in on it with Jack Frost because he was trying to poison his dad with the antifreeze. Oh, wow. It was all an accident. It was totally a ruse where the son is trying to kill the father with Jack Frost. Ryan was in on it. There you go, Jack Frost 3. (laughs) Ryan, you don't have copious amounts of antifreeze, do you? No, no, no. Also, the amount of time it would take to fill a truck bed. He opened one up. He was pouring and pouring and pouring. You turned around and he had like 40 bottles open somehow. Yeah. That was actually, it was kind of a funny part because you could tell it's like, who cares? That kind of a moment, it's like, who cares? He's going upstairs. Let's just fill the truck up because we know that's what we need to do. It doesn't need to make sense. You know, for this movie, at least. It never made sense. Nothing. Literally none of it. You know what also didn't make sense is like the people, the human beings in this film. Such bad lines most of the time. 98% of the time. 2% of the time, some funny ones. Such crazy overacting, underacting, especially when it, you know, deals with like, oh, a child has died and the town is just moving on. Whatever. Uh, It was kind of all over the place. But as you mentioned, Marla, however, was perfect and delivered gold constantly throughout the film. I honestly expected to really like Marla. I feel like I was supposed to, but she didn't really do it for me. And it might be the fact that she had that little curly haircut. For some reason, anytime a character is supposed to be like spunky and like kind of, you know, like girl boss vibes, if they have that haircut, it just negates the whole thing. I think it's because you missed the coffee scene. I'm not going to yeah. lie. If anybody's I, listening to this, the coffee scene is at exactly one hour of runtime. You don't even have to watch the movie. It's free on Amazon right now. Just go watch the coffee scene. It's so good. I will say, though, like, I I did notice that she pours coffee for most of the movie. Almost every scene she's in, she's <laughs> yeah. pouring coffee. Or drinking coffee. I mean, yeah. what, else, what else is your job? What is she, is she a secretary in the sheriff's office? Yeah. Someone died. Sad face. (laughs) You can also tell at one point that like she was supposed to go home an hour ago, but she's just like sticking around to watch the shit show. Yeah. Because she's full of spunk. Can't you tell by her haircut? Speaking of full of spunk, I thought that Shannon Elizabeth's performance as Jill was chilling. Um, She finds out her brother is dead and really feels almost nothing about it, despite saying that she's really upset about it. Uh, Then her parents are both killed and she decides to just hide behind a pine tree and then break into the sheriff's house and have sex with her boyfriend well she doesn't realize the parents were killed but the brother's dead and she does not give a fuck for sure she's coping with her loss in the arms of another man Uh some people do that uh like let me take you to halloween three season of the witch very true (laughs) no but the decisions are are really weird the messner family overall i mean jake grabbing shannon elizabeth and basically saying she looks like a streetwalker, a lady of the night. For as rough as he was, he sure did talk about Jesus <laughs> so many times in like two sentences. It was it was honestly a lot. It was very concentrated. Yeah, I think, didn't his daughter say something like Jesus or Jesus Christ? Like that's all she said. She said, and Jesus, he, dad. Yeah, Jesus, dad. And he blew up about taking the Lord's name in vain in his household. And there are some people who, to them, that's that's offensive to use that. And there are others who believe uttering those words is a form of, uh, of a prayer, actually. Um, whatever. Maybe, maybe not in the way there. that she used it. Like when you say, God damn. Right. Well, not specifically that, but 
Not quite the same. Yeah, he he seemed to kind of be just he couldn't nail him down as like being like a specific character. And everyone else was very much a 2D caricature of a character. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say the same thing about him. The reality is for as many good brief moments as this movie has, the characters are not particularly among them. I honestly wouldn't even say Jack Frost is the funniest killer. I think he's better than the turkey, but that's about it. I do like, however, that the agent had a trunk full of guns. And I also like the fact that he wasn't an FBI agent. I don't know if you remember that part where the sheriff asks, like, you know, FBI, and he goes, sure. Like, so who does he work for then? It was all the corniest story. Burt Macklin, FBI. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's he. I wish we could go back and tell them to name him Burt Macklin. They were like, should we have a backstory or we just pretend like they're, they're just creepy people that are pretending to be FBI agents. That's all. Let's just imply there's a backstory. We need a remake of this with Chris Pratt as bad manners. I do have one last struggle with manners, and that was that he thought it would be a good idea to shoot a puddle of water. <laughs> and nothing happened to the ground. Like This movie is, is ridiculous in all forms, right? And you, you can look past a lot of it. Your boy shot a puddle. Bullets are going to ricochet to some extent. What are you thinking, man? I honestly thought that that was a special gun that had a magic chemical that was going to react with whatever happened to Jack Frost. So it made sense to me. <laughs> That's such a generous assumption. Look at you. The most positive intent. The most. My disbelief was nowhere to be found. <laughs> yeah. Suspended. Try non-existent. <laughs> Expelled. <laughs> I think what it really comes down to is despite its flaws and considering its funny moments, considering the choices it makes, is this something you'd ever watch again? Not a chance on this planet. Nope. God, no. Don't worry about watching this movie again because I wish I could unwatch it the first time. Th- ditto. I wonder, though, if the second one has more <laughs> don't, don't wonder puns because then that might be a little bit different. That's like saying I'm on a date with a guy who's constantly farting. I wonder if next time he'll be better. <laughs> What's wrong with guys farting? Yeah, it's a no from me, dog, on both fronts. Nothing's wrong. Everyone has to, okay? But imagine the entire date. He's just like, yeah, and then I told her, and then I told her, and you're just like, I wonder if the second date will have more farts. <laughs> I mean, you know, something different for everybody. But uh, if you go to a restaurant and they poison you, I'm not going back a second time. Mac, you are in a rare form today. I'd like to note that. Well, clearly this movie is a wash. So you know what? What do you say, Mac? We just spice things up for fact or fiction. And, uh, you know, say to hell with Jack Frost. If you're looking for spicy, you're in the right place with me. So today you just signed up for Snowman Facts. Oh, my God. It's because the movie is so useless that we couldn't even do fact or fiction about it. <laughs> that would be correct. So number one, <laughs> the world's tallest snowman used trees for arms. Fact, there are small trees. I'm going to say fact because small trees do exist. Interesting. I didn't even think about that till y'all said that. I was thinking like a huge ass tree. And I was yeah. like, what snowman could support the weight of like a sequoia? Whenever there's competitions, they cheat. They have like supports inside. Yeah, there's the tree lot. is like the base of the snowman too, I bet. Kind of like those cake competitions where it's like really not even cake. It's just wood and fondant. Yeah, it's true. I guess a uh, fact. Well, no, it is a fact. Oh, so thanks. built in Maine in 2008. This behemoth used over 13 million pounds of snow instead of 122 feet tall with real trees for arms. And then it was gone. I don't understand, however, though, how they got the world's tallest carrot attached as the nose. I hate you. I know. (laughs) Number two, building a snowman is hard work and can help burn over 200 calories. Oh, totally believable. When I, Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a fact. You like burn 200 calories existing. I believe this. Chewing gum <laughs> all day. Yeah. It's a fact. So apparently spending an hour gathering, compacting, stacking, and sculpting your own Jack Frost lookalike 
burns like 238 calories. Not bad. I'm sorry. I just need to circle back. Everybody that's listening right now, Google world's tallest snowman because it's ridiculous. It's amazing. (laughs) Number three, you think you're a snowman artist? Think again. Michelangelo himself built a snowman way back in the 15th century in Florence. Fiction. I will also go fiction based on nothing. I'm going to say fact because it doesn't seem like it's that hard to come up with. It is a fact. So the 15th century art historian Giorgio Vasari described it as being the greatest snow sculpture in the world. Too bad he didn't live to see Tommy's buxom creation in this film. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, circling back one more time because I'm sure that piece of art uh, would not have made the choice that the world's tallest snowman had, which was to have really fucking creepy eyelashes. <laughs> Who puts eyelashes on a snowman? She's killing it. Tires, <laughs> tires for the mouth is really what gets There's, me. There's um, eyeliner for sure. She is a snow queen. Speaking of queens, number four, the oldest photo of a snowman is from, you guessed it, Maine in 1896. Fact. Cameras existed then. Fiction. That sounds made up as shit. Sorry. Fiction. It is fiction. Try 1853. The Welsh apparently love snowmen too. And number five, the world's smallest snowman was only an eighth of an inch tall, made in Zurich in 2017, using what was effectively a 3D printer for snow. Fact. Feels good. Yeah. Feels about right. If one snowflake falls on another, is that the world's smallest snowman? (laughs) I mean, technically. (laughs) I guess fact. It's fiction. So it was actually 0.01 millimeters tall, made in the National Physical Laboratory in West London, with gear used for working with nanoparticles. Please look it up. It's a thing of beauty, and it's the tiniest thing possible. This is a ridiculous experience of looking up largest and tiniest snowman. (laughs) Great job, Mac. Thank you. Oh my gosh, it is cute. Yeah. And it looks like you've unsubscribed from Snowman Facts. Well, Mac, thank you for your diligent research. It's times like these when watching a movie like this, and even when watching a movie as good as the Universal Slash Crawl, when we got Gator Facts from Mac. (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. We're richer for the experience, and there you have it, folks. We're kicking off 2021 with Jack Frost, which is henceforth known forever as a Universal Hack Frost. While we've certainly had a robust discussion here, it doesn't end here by any means. The year is just getting started. We want to know what you think. Now, there are a lot of ways you can reach out to us, starting with our website, hackerslash.com, and on our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you are a happy snow cone rather than a pissed off snow cone, you can also reach out to our hackerslash hotline. You can leave us a voicemail at 757-606-0128 or visit hackerslash.com slash contact to send us an audio message, especially if you're international. And if you've built a beautiful horror themed snowman, please send us a photo to feedback at hackerslash.com. If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, consider becoming one of our patrons. Visit patreon.com slash hack or slash to earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month. We'll see you next time. Thank you.